Hi there, Steve Kaufman here and today I'm going to talk to you about atomic habits and language learning. If you enjoy these videos, please subscribe, click on the bell for notifications and if you follow me on a podcast service, leave a comment. I do appreciate it. So, Atomic Habits is a book that I recently bought. I bought it for a variety of reasons. I bought one copy each for my two grandsons. The girls got other books. Uh, I have a brother who is in uh, Eastern Canada and he has been bedridden and he has to gradually train himself to get out of bed and start using his muscles more. It's a long road. So I bought him an audiobook version and I bought myself an audiobook version and I've been listening to it. And here's what I think is, is very valuable in the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. By the way, I will leave a link to a summary of the book which the author himself has put up on the internet. And there are also, if you Google, you'll find lots of references to this book. In essence, what the author demonstrates and illustrates is the fact that if you want to achieve something, it's not enough just to think in terms of the goal. I want to be rich or, uh, you know, my brother might be saying, I want to be walking again soon or for language learning, I want to be fluent in such and such a language. What matters much more than your sort of long-term goal, your ambition, what matters more is what you do every day. And he uses a number of examples early in the book to illustrate how very small actions, if repeated, have tremendous effect over the long haul. Uh, he mentions, for example, that he himself was in an accident where he was hit by a baseball bat in a game and it damaged his eye, his nose, uh, maybe even his cognitive functions. And by dint of working at it very, very persistently over two years, he fully regained his ability to play baseball and has done very well. Uh, he mentions an example of the British uh, cycling team, which had never done well. And then they decided to apply the principle of 1% improvement on all the things that they did from diet to training to equipment to where they slept and, and, and where they studied and you name it. And the net result was a significant 30 odd percent improvement or at least uh, they started winning championships and uh, the Tour de France and so forth and so on. Uh, he also gives the example of an airplane which leaving say the uh, an airport on the east coast heading towards the west coast of the United States if it's even a few degrees off its flight plan by the time it reaches its destination it'll be hundreds of miles off its destination so there's this tremendous cumulative effect of small actions what this means is if you want to get somewhere it's not just about where you want to get to it's, it's what you are doing every day. To what extent are you taking advantage of the time that you have? To what extent do you have habits that are going to help you move in the direction that you want to get to? And, uh, you know, I've certainly felt this when it comes to language learning. Uh, at Link, for example, we don't measure what you have achieved in the language because that's to some extent subjective. We measure your level of activity. If you get active, if you spend time with the language, you will improve. If you are active and if you have positive habits, you will work towards whatever goal you want to achieve. And uh, the other thing, by the way, about Atomic Habits is 
uh, it's sort of a New Year's resolution time, so a lot of people would like to, uh, you know, get more fit or learn a language or, uh, you know, uh, improve their eating habits or whatever it might be. So it's very timely to, to have a book that gives you some ideas on how to develop better habits. So, and he talks about then focusing on your habits, actions, repeated actions that you can do, but regularly that will improve you more than some very ambitious goal or nebulous motivation. And he has this sort of pattern when it comes to habits. He says to develop a new habit, and I'm going from memory, I may not remember it all, but you need to have something that triggers, triggers the desire to do something. So the trigger, uh, and then that's followed up by the craving. So maybe you suddenly feel your stomach and there's a kind of a, a roll of fat there, the result of eating too much food over Christmas, that's a trigger. You then have a craving, I want to go and work out. Uh, then that whatever has you have, you're now craving to do, it has to be sort of easy for you. It has to be something you can actually do. So you can actually go to the gym. Uh, and then there has to be a sense of satisfaction once you've done it. So uh, each time you go to the gym, you feel good about yourself. And that is in itself enough satisfaction to keep you going. So that you have this sort of cue or trigger followed by uh, some kind of something about it that's appealing or attractive. It's not enough to be triggered. You have to want to do it. Uh, and then you have the response. What do you actually do about it? And then you have the reward. If all of that falls into place, you will gradually develop that as a habit. He says a number of things that are very interesting in the book, and I really recommend getting the book. He also says, you know, start off by doing something easy. He talks about a two-minute activity. Uh, so again, uh, I have said this before in one of my videos. Uh, you know, when you're going through a new text, don't worry about all of the words that you can't remember or, or don't understand or that you don't understand all of it, go through it once, half understanding, go through it again, go through it again. As long as you have an activity which is pleasant and where you have a sense of achievement, uh, don't have to bite off too much. And sometimes if you'll just start in any activity, that will lead you to maybe something else or lead you to continue. But the important thing is to get started. He also talks in his book about this sort of, um, I can't remember what term he used, but you can be engaged in these activities and not see any results for the longest time. And then there is sort of a tipping point. There can come a tipping point where all of a sudden the cumulative effect of these improvements or of these actions or this habit is going to show itself in terms of, you know, all of a sudden pushing you towards your goal. I'm not sure that I agree with that all the time. I think there's a, a gradual cumulative effect. It's just that we don't feel that improvement. Uh, and I've often said, you know, when it comes to language learning, trust your brain. If you are putting in the time, if you are listening, if you are reading even small amounts, that is gradually improving you. The brain is getting a better handle on the language. I'm not sure that it, when it comes to language learning, there's this sudden moment when we sort of all of a sudden jump to fluency. I think it's a constant, continuous effort. But every little bit we do, and I think this is an important point in the book, um, 
you know, if it's only five minutes, do five minutes. If it's 10 minutes, do the 10 minutes. Don't let a day go by without doing something because over time, the cumulative effect of small actions is very large. And that's another reason why at Link we have these, uh, we have these link, at least these uh, streaks that you can maintain. So there's some motivation having set a goal. He also talks about the importance of measuring your activity. So if you set yourself a goal, I'm going to read so many words or save so many words or listen to so many hours. Then, and then we have the sort of composite measure, which is the coins. And if you commit yourself to a certain level of activity, then you'll want to maintain that level of, of activity every day. And it's better to have a lower level of activity and maintain that rather than sort of shooting your bolt uh, one day and then not doing anything for two, three days. Uh, again, it's, it's all about these, you know, taking advantage of the time you have during the day uh, to um, commit yourself to positive uh, habits that cumulative, cumulatively are going to Im, you know, impel you towards your uh, objective. He talks about layers of, of, of habits and in particular he focuses on the importance of your identity habits. Uh, he uses the example of someone who says they want to quit smoking or wants to quit smoking and someone says to them, have another cigarette. One person says, I'm trying to quit. The other person says, I'm not a smoker. So that's a much more positive habit to have in terms of your, uh, you know, identity of who you are. So if you're learning a language, you don't say, I'm trying to learn a language. I am a language learner. I am a person who learns to speak other languages to a high degree of proficiency. I am a language learner. To have that habit built around your identity of, of who you are is going to make you more positive, more confident, uh, and keep you on track, I think, uh, better than just saying, well, I'm kind of trying to learn this language. Um, so there are, I'm just touching on some of the points in the book. Um, I think it's a valuable book. Uh, I don't do it justice in, in the sort of things that I'm able to remember about the book. Uh, but when we come to language learning, we not only need to train ourselves in the habit of doing a little something every day, even if it's a small, even if it's a small amount, we need to train ourselves in the habit of, of recognizing that every little bit we do, listening, reading, speaking, writing, is moving us towards our objective, even if we're not conscious of the fact that we are improving, we are. And the cumulative effect of small actions is very large, both in terms of language learning and in terms of other things in life, as he explains in the book. So we need to develop those uh, learning habits, but we also need to train our brains in new language habits. And uh, so we sort of, uh, as language learners, we have sort of two aspects of, of habits that we need, we need to develop. Our learning habits, our attitudinal habits, our uh, self-identity as language learning, as language learners, those habits. But at the same time, we're helping our brain develop new language habits so that patterns in the new language, vocabulary in the new language, structures in the new language, pronunciation in the new, new language, all of which are different from our native language or other languages that we speak. We need to train our brain in these new habits. And just as with other habits, 
the cumulative effect of small actions is very large. And we just have to believe that if we persist, if we maintain our activity, the brain will develop the language habits that are necessary in order to become comfortable in a new language. So, there you have it. Atomic habits as applied to language learning. I have talked about habits before as it applies to language learning, so I'll leave you with a couple of videos. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.